Good to be here. I like Kansas. I lived seven years of my life at Fort Riley, Kansas. My father was an army chaplain also. Dad and I have almost 50 years of active duty experiences together. So I went second through ninth grade at Junction City, Kansas schools. Yeah. yeah. Remember a little bit of that. Remember shooting basketball with the uh, junior high coach. I was a pretty good shot at that time, and we'd, he and I challenged each other. Didn't grow enough. Wish I'd grown more. I might could have played basketball a bit. <laughs> now, Lord, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, because you are the strength and the redeemer of our lives. Amen. If you don't mind, I'm just going to stand here because I really want to talk with you this morning and share with you. I don't know if you've ever had the experience that you would read something and just talk about something and maybe say it for many, many, many times and then all of a sudden you see something else, something completely new. Well, that's what I want to share with you about. For years and years, I have used the blessing that is at the end of number six. Uh, to close out worship services. And it's a wonderful blessing that is there. But there was something else that has come to my attention just in the last year or so. And I'm going to get to that eventually, but I want to tell you about the blessing first of all. And that blessing says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And then the next verse, and so the priest shall put the name of the Lord upon the people. Now that blessing was given, it is a commandment. God said to Moses, tell the priest, tell Aaron and the priest that after the sacrifice is given, you're to say to the people, the Lord bless you and keep you. In fact, Kim, in the book of Leviticus, it says that after every sacrifice, the priest is to stand with his arms raised like this as an indication that I am not saying this. This is coming from God through me to you. It's a very short blessing in the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but in the Hebrew, there's only 15 words here. I suspect you've had the experience that God has spoken to you. You've had a phrase that has come to you. If you haven't, I hope you will have it soon. Where all of a sudden you're praying and God just, just oh, that was from God. Normally it is so short. <laughs> maybe one word yeah. or maybe one short phrase is all that is there. Yeah. Fifteen words is this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, the bless that is there is such a significant word. I don't know if you use it in this part of the, of the United States, but in some sections of the U.S., you can say whatever you want about somebody and say it kind of negatively, and then you can stop and say, bless his heart. And it sort of wipes out everything else that has been said. It's crazy. 
This blessing is so much more than that. The root meaning of the word bless means to come to a person on a bended knee as a, a servant coming to a master, as a person coming to propose, as a man proposing to a lady. That is the position of the blessing. Now, this is um, it's overwhelming for me as I think about this, that this scripture says that the Lord wants to come to us on a bended knee. Elston, you can't get over that, can you? All these years, it's still the fact. That's the position God wants to take. Not only wants, does, takes to us. On a bended knee. Now the scripture in the New Testament, this was in the, out of the Old Testament before Christ came into the world. We as Christians have even a greater understanding that Jesus came in, the, in our form as a human being. That's a bended knee. He came and ate with people that everybody said were sinners. That's a bended knee. On the last night before he was crucified, he got on his knees and washed the feet of the disciples. That's a bended knee. Every picture that you will ever see of Jesus on the cross being crucified, what is the position of his knees? They're bended. Now that was done to make the crucifixion even more difficult and cruel. But that is the position on the cross as a bended knee. That's the position he takes toward us. Can, can you even fathom that? <laughs> that the God of the universe says, <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to come and I want to bless you. I bless you. I bless you. So the Lord bless you in the first phrase and keep you. Now keep is a very, very beautiful word. Uh, there's two really phrases. It, it's all about protection. Um, if some of you maybe have studied some of the Middle, Age, Middle Ages periods and you've looked at castles and maybe some of you had the privilege of being maybe in Europe and you go to some of these castles that are there and there'll be a moat, and then there'll be a wall, and then the, inside there's another living area, and then inside may have been another wall, and then in very, the very middle is the tower, the last stronghold. In the English words and language, that is the keep. The keep is the final, last stronghold of defense. So when it says, I want the Lord wants to come and bless and keep you, wants to be the strong tower of our lives. I really appreciate you mentioning Jonathan and Corey. They served four years previously in Amman, Jordan. They are now in Turkey. Their calling is to share the gospel to people of the Muslim faith. And we're watching this unfold. But we were visiting with them in Jordan. And it's a desolate area, but there are sheep everywhere. And what happens at nighttime in that area? How do you protect the animals? And here's what takes place. There's a bush here, and over here is a little scraggly bush, and over here is another little scraggly bush. 
And the shepherd will walk around and gather four or five other scraggly bushes, and they got thorns on them, so they stay together and they hook together, and a little pen will be made. There's no, op- there's no door, it's just left open. The sheep are brought into this, and that's where they're kept at night. That's called the keep. That's what it refers to, is the keep. It's the place of protection. And if you remember in the New Testament, what does Jesus say about who is the door? The shepherd lies down in that open space to protect the animals. So the shepherd becomes the door. It's wonderful when you see these pictures to realize the Lord bless you and keep you. He's going to provide protection. That does not mean that we're not going to experience difficulties. I haven't great assurance that if we took the time we could have a tub full of stuff that you would share of what's happening in your lives and people you know and care about. So, But in the middle of all that, God is still protecting us. That's why people can say, I, I don't even understand. I have peace in the midst of this. It makes no sense. Because he has blessed and is keeping us. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. I really like this portion. Occasionally I still hear, see, hear someone saying, they, they've, they've fallen in love with somebody. And they'll say, I have, I've taken a shine to that person. In fact, we have a young girl that works in the headquarters in Oklahoma City. She's about to be married. I said to her the other day, you just shine. You've taken a shine to this guy that lives in Virginia, haven't you? Yeah. Can you imagine the thought that God takes a shine toward us? His face shines. In fact, the message there says that God smiles at us. Now, there are not many people that will allow themselves to see and understand a God who smiles. Who looks at you and smiles and says, this is someone I really enjoy and love. And we, how can that be, we say? Doesn't he know all the issues? Doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he? Oh, he knows. Yes. Still, he's taking a shine toward us. <laughs> Smiling at us, loving and caring toward us. And he wants to be gracious. What does that mean? Well, the word gracious is a gift. He wants to gift you. It's... God has something that we need, and he not only is willing, but wants to give that to us. He has a gift for us, and that gift is everything that we need. Ultimately, the greatest gift that God has for us is himself. When when I am in the presence of God, when you are in the presence of God, nothing else matters. It's a gift. 
So God says, I want to gift you. I, I, I have a gift for you. No one else has what I can give to you, and only what I have is what you need, and I want to give it to you. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll meet somebody that will absolutely refuse the gift from God, and it just amazes me. Why? Why would you do that? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, smile at you and give you a gift. <laughs> the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Years ago, I worked with a guy by the name of Charles Jones. Charles uh, had six, seven, eight children. I don't know how many. I don't remember. One of his little fellows uh, occasionally would come to work with Charles. Charles worked in this store in Kentucky, uh, did electronic things, so he had a workbench like this. I don't know what the little boy's name was. We called him Doodiber. <laughs> a skinny little fella, about two years old, redheaded. His speech was not very plain. You, you know the little child. You, you've seen them. <laughs> Just absolutely take your heart. And he'd say to Charles, Daddy, I want your do-diver. He'd say, screwdiver. I want your do-diver. <laughs> so we always called him do-diver. Charles would put him up on the work table, and little do-diver liked to talk, and he liked to talk to his daddy. And when he talked to his daddy, he wanted his daddy looking at him. And he'd take his little hand and he'd, he'd turn his, his daddy's face toward him. I, I can still see it. It's been a long time ago, but I can still see that little hand. And he'd start talking. He wanted his eyes. The beauty of this verse and the blessing of this verse says, we do not do the turning God does. Turns his face toward us. Again, it's so opposite of what we get presented and what we understand about yeah, God. Right. Smiling, turning. <laughs> I want to look at you face to face. So you're one of my dearly loved children. And I want you to know that. <laughs> and then he gives us a peace. And that, that peace just means that no matter what we're experiencing, it is his presence overwhelms everything. So we have joy when we should not have joy, <laughs> naturally. We're able to sing when there should not be a song. We're able to say, thank you, Jesus, in the midst of absolute chaos. That's right. <laughs> That's right. wow. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now, as I said, I've used that blessing Hundreds of times in worship service, but it's only recently that I realize there's another verse afterwards. And that verse says, and the priest 
shall put the name of the Lord upon the people. Now, in the scriptures, name means the character of the person that's involved. And when it says there, put the name on it, it really means to smear the name of God upon the people. <laughs> to be marked. <laughs> to be absolutely marked as being, this is one of my children. <laughs> I'm so grateful God has allowed me to see that after all these years. Didn't even see it there. So for the last several years now, over and over and over, I'll, I'll be with somebody and I'll just say, I want to put God's name on you. <laughs> you do the same because you're a priest too. We're all priests. We all have the privilege of putting the character and the name upon people. In the book of Isaiah, I believe it's the 44th chapter, is a phrase. And let me read it to you. Isaiah 44, verse 1 through 5, this phrase. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you, do not be afraid. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the ground, dry ground. And one will say, I belong to the Lord. And another will call himself by the name of Jacob. And still another will write on his hand, the Lord's. I don't have any tattoos on my body. I think if I did, that might be one that I would consider. Tattooing. The Lord's. The message there says God's property. <laughs> so that all the time I need to remind myself, ah, the Lord's. I've had the name of the Lord put on me. I'm the Lord's. And when I face difficult times, I'm able to say, Satan, you see this? The Lord's. God's property. Two years ago, I had the privilege of being in the West Afri Africa nation of Togo. Our denomination is, is very large in that small country. We have almost 100,000 people. It's an, what they do is every Easter, they have what we would call camp meetings, but they will set up a large tent. 5,000 seat tent. They'll have 5,000 seats there. The government does not want them to be over 10,000, so they keep having have more. This year they had 17 tents erected. They will find a place and say, this is where our next church is going to be. We'll erect the tent here, have these services for two Friday night, two on Saturday, Easter Sunday. The people that come to Christ there, that's the next church. I was privileged to speak in one of the services on Saturday morning. 5,000 are seating, but on the outside is another two or 3,000 standing in the blistering hot sun. Unbelievable. And I shared this passage on that. Now I'm working through an interpreter. And their style is after the 
preacher finishes, they want to embellish it a little bit more, which is fine. But for 45 more minutes, I couldn't understand. They quit interpreting. They didn't need to. I couldn't understand everything they were saying, but I could understand. Over and over and over, they would, they would look at their hand and say, the Lord's. Just ingraining that into the lives of people. Who are you? The Lord's. The Lord's. It's a phenomenal experience to watch. You know, as people would say over and over, I'm the Lord's. I'm the Lord's. I'm the Lord's. So thankful God adds to our understanding constantly. Constantly bringing new revelation. I've come to where I want to stop this morning, but I want to say to you that the Lord wants to bless you and keep you. And the Lord is smiling. He has a shine. His face is shining. And he wants to give you a gift himself. And the Lord is turning his face toward you to give you peace. Do this for me. Take your hand and place it on your forehead. Now, Father, as a priest of the Lord, putting the name, your name, upon each of these people, may your character be understood in their lives deeper than ever before. May they receive the gift that you want to give each one of us deeper than ever before. May your peace surround every phase of their life in a way that they've never known before. As we leave here, may we leave absolutely marked for you in a new way. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us gifting us, giving us peace. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Kim.